0: Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslender. This message is from the series Jesus in the Gospel of Luke and was preached on October sixteenth, two 2022. Amen. And Thank you, Holly, and thank you, Stu, for leading us in worship. You notice that Mary Kay is out sick today, so keep her in prayer. Talking about Jesus, going through Luke's gospel, and we're in Luke chapter 12, and we get today to Jesus preparing us for his second coming, reminding us that I will return, I will come back someday. And so I want you to think about that. I want to start this way. As a boy growing up, I was fascinated by the Apollo moon launches of the 1960s. I watched almost breathlessly on TV as the launch sequence for Apollo 11, the one that actually brought man to the moon for the first time, brought us closer to the most important liftoff in human history. If you are as old or older as I am, you will remember this quite clearly. If not, you will understand the building tension as the liftoff got down to five, four, three, two, one. Watch this. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other
1: things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. This is Frank Reynolds at ABC Space Headquarters in New York. Jules Bergman is standing by Keith Kennedy. We are 27 minutes, 47 seconds away from the liftoff of Apollo 11, the fulfillment of that pledge you saw President Kennedy repeating there just a no, moment, no, moment ago. Actual that pad now. Hot, scaldingly hot, but a beautifully clear day. At 6 minutes and 11 seconds before this all begins. All right, let's go six now minutes to the launch control. Excuse right. me, Jules. This is Apollo Saturn launch control. We passed the 6-minute mark in our countdown for Apollo 11. Now 5 minutes, 52 seconds and counting. 3 minutes, 25 seconds and counting. We're still go at this time. T-minus, 60 seconds and counting. We passed T-minus, 60. 55 seconds and counting. away from the Apollo 11 liftoff. All the second stage tanks now pressurized. 35 seconds and counting. We are still go with Apollo 11. 30 seconds and counting. 15 seconds, guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, nine. Ignition sequence starts. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff, we have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour liftoff on Apollo 11, tower cleared.
0: That fascinated me, what I want you to think about today is that you and I are living in another type of countdown, coming each second closer to the most significant moment in human history since the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And of course, I'm talking about the return of Jesus. The Bible is extremely clear. If you read the Bible at all, you don't really have any doubt. The Bible is very clear, is that Jesus will return and take his people to be with him forever. The key difference, though, is this. The countdown has started, but Jesus didn't give us the exact moment. Instead of a ready, set, go, he gave us a get ready, get set, stay ready, stay set, and only he knows the exact moment in which it will be go time. Now, Jesus spent a lot of time teaching his disciples about these things, especially on how to get ready for his return. Today, we enjoy talking about these things. I enjoy talking about these things. We talk a lot about when that time will come. And it's a fascinating discussion because Jesus gave us some clues, but it's not the type of clues that we can calendar and say, this time, this year, this day. We spent a lot of time discussing and even debating the exact end time event scenario, and Jesus gave us some clues on that as well, but not enough to be dogmatic that we know exactly how it will happen. Where Jesus was incredibly specific with his disciples and therefore with us was on what we're supposed to be doing in the meantime. This is what Jesus spent most of his time on. I will return. In the meantime, I want you to do these things. And it's those things, the preparing for that. Touchdown from Jesus in which he is coming back. It's those things. How do we prepare? How do we get ready? What are we supposed to do that we're going to focus on today? Because again, I'll tell you, it's very clear. Jesus is coming back. He will take his people to be with him forever and he will judge those who rejected him. He will usher in eternity and those of us who have put our faith and trust in Jesus will spend all the rest of our eternity with him in heaven. In the meantime. Well, let's hear it from Jesus. It's in Luke chapter 12. In the meantime, this is what Jesus told us to do. Let's stand together as we read Luke 12 beginning with verse 35. Here's how it reads. Listen carefully, it's a long passage, but it's powerful. Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning. Like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or towards daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. And Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? And the Lord answered, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, My master is taking a long time in coming, and he then begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and in an hour he is not aware of, he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place. With the unbelievers. The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. I have come to bring fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled, But I have a baptism to undergo, and what constraint I am under until it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two. (coughs) Excuse me, and two against three. They will be divided, father against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. And he said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, it's going to rain, and it does. And when the south wind blows, you say, it's going to be hot, and it is. Hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? Why don't you judge for yourselves what is right? As you are going with your adversary to the magistrate, Try hard to be reconciled on the way or your adversary may drag you off to the judge and the judge turn you over to the officer and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. You may be seated. And I want you to think about what Jesus was saying because his whole point of the entire passage was to make sure that we know what we are to be doing As we wait for his return. And his words are packed with meaning. So let's break it down. What is Jesus telling us about his return? And the first thing he challenged us to do is to be ready. And Jesus used a lot of word pictures in this passage to teach us to be ready when he comes. First thing he says, be dressed and ready. You don't want to be in your pajamas or just getting out of the shower when guests come over for dinner. Be ready. He tells us to keep our lamp burning or to keep the light on. Do you remember the long-standing Motel 6 commercial campaign? Hi, I'm Tom Bodet, and we'll keep the light on for you. Meaning no matter what time you come, whenever you get here, we will be ready for you. That's what Jesus told us to be. Jesus used a word picture of a wedding. You don't know when the master will return, but be ready. And if you are ready when he does come, even if it's the middle of the night, he will reward you. He also used a word picture of a thief in the night. If you've ever had your house broken into... You know how upsetting that can be. And Jesus said, if you knew what time it was, you would have been able to protect your stuff, your valuables, your family, your house. So the only way to be ready is to always be ready. So number one is be ready. If Jesus were to come back this afternoon, would you be ready? Have you already made that decision that you were going to follow Jesus? Have you followed that through by being baptized, by having joined a church? Are you serving in that church? Have you repented of all known sins and asked Jesus to help you deal with all your known issues? Are you growing in your knowledge and service to Jesus? If Jesus were to look at your finances, would he be pleased with your generosity and your wisdom? Have you told everyone that you need to tell about Jesus? Is there something left undone on the to-do list that Jesus gave you? What Jesus is saying is the only way to be ready on the day he will return, since he didn't tell us when that day he will return is, is for us to be ready every day. To be ready today, to be ready tomorrow, to be ready the next day. Every day, live in constant readiness. And so Jesus said, number one, be ready. The second thing Jesus said is to be working. He uses the word picture of a faithful and wise manager who keeps doing his job even though his boss was away much longer than he anticipated. But he kept running the household. He kept feeding the servants. He kept in charge of things. He did everything that he was supposed to do and he just kept doing it until the master returned. That manager was promoted. But the manager who gave up, hey, he said he was coming back soon. It's been years. And so I don't have to keep things in readiness. And I can grow lazy and even be wicked and do whatever it is I want, never thinking that there would be a day of reckoning. That servant was punished and thrown out. Don and I went into a sandwich shop this week. We had an hour in the evening between the office and I had to be back for um, basketball that evening because I'm coaching a a basketball team. And so we only had about an hour and so Don met me at a sandwich shop instead of going home and then coming back. Don and I were the only two in the sandwich shop. You'd normally expect that if you're the only two in a sandwich shop, you're going to get excellent service. But the two employees were listening to way too loud music. There was not a clean table in the restaurant. We had to go and ask for napkins and clean one off just so we could sit down. Either there was no manager present or the manager was not managing. And we will not probably be back to that particular sandwich shop. But unfortunately... That's how oftentimes Christians view their jobs. I'm not off duty, but nor am I passionate about my duty. So which are you? Do you have a job in the kingdom? you know what God has called you to do and to be? Or have you grown lazy thinking Jesus is taking a long time to return? I've got plenty of time to get things in order. Which are you? Here are questions that can help you describe. Number one, can you put this into words and define this? My job in God's kingdom, my job and in my church is, and describe it. This is what I do to make the church stronger. This is my job, my role in the kingdom. And there's all kinds of jobs. Preaching is just one of them. Teaching is another. Working in the nursery. Being an evangelist out in the field is another. Being a prayer warrior is another. There's as many different job categories as there are people. But those who are most effective are those who can say, this is my job. I know what God has called me to do and I'm doing it. Can you define your responsibilities? This is why I'm here. This is my calling. This is my task. And then are you doing it passionately rather than out of a sense just of obligation? I'm doing this to the very best of my ability because that's what God has called me to do. Or, you know, they needed someone and they're stuck with me. Be working on the day he returns. And the only way you can be working on the day he returns is for you to be working today and every day. And so Jesus said, be ready. Jesus said, be working. And the third point is not near as fun. Jesus said, be prepared for opposition. Jesus said he knew that he had a time of baptism, a time of fire coming, his crucifixion. But he also said this, you be ready for opposition as well. Even a family might be divided three against two or two against three or father against son or mother against daughter. The nature of the gospel of Jesus Christ forces us to make decisions about what we believe. Is there a God? Either there is or there isn't. Is Jesus God's son Either he is or he isn't. Salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus, or it's not. There is a heaven, or the grave ends it for us. We're forced to make decisions. And when we make those decisions, it often brings opposition. And I don't know if you've noticed this. We're beginning to feel that in the United States of America. Fifty years ago, you were widely acclaimed if you were active in your church, even by unchurched people. Today, if you're active in your church, people just might think you're weird. Seventy-five years ago, a candidate's faith was important. Today, we don't know and we don't care. The pendulum is swinging. We are seeing signs of active opposition. And Jesus said, be ready. Be prepared. I personally believed, unless there's a major revival and spiritual awakening in the United States of America, which I don't see starting just yet, then we are going to face more and more opposition from the world. More and more hatred, more and more put downs. Can you stand up to that? When people in your family think you're crazy for believing in Jesus, when your neighbors think you're out of your mind for believing in Jesus, when people in the world with no moral values mock your high moral standards, when even people in your family turn against you because you believe in Jesus and think you're crazy. Are you prepared to stand up for that? Because that's a big part of what Jesus said. Be ready. Be working. Be prepared for opposition. And then, number four, be watchful. Jesus gave a simple analogy. He said, you can interpret the weather which was pretty easy in Jesus' day in, in the land of Palestine or Israel. He said, you see a cloud rising in the west, it's over the sea, and you're intelligent enough to say it might rain. You feel a wind coming up from the south, the desert, and you're intelligent enough to say it's going to get hot. And then he asked, why is it that you can interpret the weather, but you can't interpret the times? If you know the Bible and you watch the news, I mean real world news and not just political commentary. If you know the Bible and you watch the news, then I believe you're beginning to get a sense that the countdown is nearing an end. Violence everywhere. I did my fourth funeral. I told you this last week. Fourth funeral a week and a half ago for a teenager who graduated from our basketball league who was shot and killed. I mean, those things don't hit the news. Only the mass shootings hit the news. But it's becoming an everyday, everywhere problem. Violence, drug abuse, addiction, The destruction of the family, war in Ukraine, rumors of war as North Korea sends off more missiles, unrest of people and migration from hunger, drought, and disaster, a mass turning away from the faith, a total lack of integrity among world leaders. You get a sense of the timeline that we are nearing the end Jesus told us about. And if I'm right then things are going to get worse, not better. So be watching, Jesus said. Pay attention. Life on earth is going to get challenging and scary, but also exciting for us as we see the return of Jesus near. So be ready, be working, be prepared for opposition, be watchful. And I'm going to throw in one that's not in your notes, if you're keeping notes, but you can write this down as point number five. Jesus said, be warned. Now listen carefully to what Jesus said, because I think it applies directly to those of us in church, especially to those of us in church in the United States of America. Jesus said this, the servant, verse 47, the servant who knows his master's will and does not get ready, or does not do what the master wants, will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. So understand what Jesus is saying to us. I think it applies directly to us. Those of you with great advantages will be judged on a tougher grading scale. And in our country, we have full freedom of worship. It's not available everywhere. We have more Bibles in the United States of America today than in any land in the history of the world We have churches, it seems sometimes like on every other corner. You can hear the gospel preached 24 hours a day. We have every advantage. And so Jesus is saying, listen, you're going to be judged more toughly than others. More is expected of us because of the advantages we have been given. I grew up with a godly mom and dad. Who took me to church on a regular basis, had a grandfather as a preacher, a great uncle as a preacher, an uncle as a preacher, the Bible, the truth, the gospel was all around me, and so God has higher expectations for me than for others, and I think that's true of most of us. Our standards are tougher. Our love must be deeper. Our generosity must be greater. Our integrity must be superior. Our honesty more transparent. And our service more impactful. To whom much is given, much is expected. And to whom much has been entrusted, much more is asked. I was privileged to have as a high school English teacher... A great teacher, he taught the... Basically, in our high school, it was the preparation for college class. You know, how to write on a college level. And so, every week in this class, we were required to write and turn in an essay. It just so happened that he was also the music director in my church. And my wife's piano teacher, in addition, he had multiple talents. And so, week one, I'm in his class... I really liked the man. I did my very best on an essay, turned it in, and it came back as a C. And I was frustrated because I had done my best. And there were friends of mine whose essay I knew they weren't as good as mine who got B's and even A's. I think my teacher, Mr. Harper, he recognized that I was a little frustrated. So right at the end of class, when the bell went off, he says, Hey, Jack, why don't you stick around for a minute and come back and talk to me? So I went back, and he said, listen to me carefully. He said, if anybody else had turned in that essay that you did, they would have gotten a B+, maybe even an A. But I'm giving you a C, and I gave you a C for this reason. He said, I heard you tell the church that you believe that God has called you to preach. He said, I want you to understand this. For the rest of your life, you will be writing an essay every single week. You'll call it a sermon and you will deliver it publicly, but you will be writing an essay every week for the rest of your life. And so you can and you shall do better. More is expected of you. Because if you can't write an A essay, you'll never preach an A sermon. And that was the truth. More was expected of me. And that's what Jesus said, to whom much is given, much is expected. And so as Americans, in a Baptist church where the Bible is preached, many of us having grown up in godly families with parents who loved us and taught us, much more is expected of us than of others. And that's the warning Jesus gave us. Be ready. Be working. Be prepared for opposition. Be watchful and be warned. Do those things and you will be ready whenever Jesus comes back. So this much we know from the Bible. Jesus will return. We're not going to end up destroying the world on our own, even though sometimes it seems like we're pretty well capable of that. Jesus will return, and he will take his people to be with him forever and judge those who have rejected him. So we need to be ready, working, prepared, watchful, and warned. So here's the two things, boiling it down, that I'm asking of all of us today Number one, you, this is about you, no one else. Don't judge anyone else, just judge you. You, number one, get yourself ready. Are you a believer? Have you ever come to that point in your life Where you have decided, yes, I believe that there is a God. Yes, I believe that this God loves me. Yes, I believe that Jesus is God's son and he came and died on a cross for my sins. Yes, I believe that if I put my faith and trust in him, he will come into my heart, forgive me of my sins and give me eternal life. A life worth living here on earth and everlasting afterwards. Yes, I put my faith and trust in him and I am a believer in Jesus. You can't be fuzzy about that decision. So, are you a believer? Have you followed through by being baptized? Have you joined a church? Are you serving in that church? Are you living for Jesus? Do people around you look at you and recognize he's a believer in Jesus? That's a real disciple if I ever saw one. Are you prepared? And then, number two, if you are, I guess in the vernacular, I'd say get a job, get to work. Be able to say clearly to yourself, this is why I'm a believer. God has called me to preach, teach, share, share my faith, raise my children to follow Jesus, to pray like no one has ever prayed before. You see, it doesn't matter what age you are. You can be seven or 97. God has a role for you in the church or you wouldn't be here. Something that you can do to make the church and the kingdom stronger. And if you don't know what that is, hey, I'm not picking on you. I'm just telling you, go to Jesus and report for duty. I'm here. What do you want? Now I'm 64 years old, never in my life have I gone to Jesus and said, okay, Jesus, I'm here, what do you want me to do? And have had Jesus said, nothing, Jack. Everything's covered right now. You're good. I'll call on you if I ever need you, but in the meantime, just sit in a pew and you'll be good. God always has something He wants me to do. Talk to someone, do this, say that, teach this, go here, lead this, serve in that. So get a job. I mean, where you can say, this is what God has called me to do, and then do it to the very best of your ability. And you do those things, and you are prepared when Jesus comes back. This afternoon, next week, 20 years down the road, 100 years, I don't know, but I want to be ready. Here's what's happened to me. I started studying this when I was a teenager, got really excited about it. I really thought that I would not live to age 20 and Jesus would come back. And now I'm 64, I'm not sure I'm going to live to age 65 before Jesus comes back. And I think that's the way Jesus wants us to live. Every day expecting it could be now. Because when we live in that reality, we're going to live ready. And that's what I'm challenging you to do. So you think about it. You pray about it. You need to make a decision. Man, there's no day like today because Jesus could come back before next Sunday. Let's stand together. Let's pray. Father, help us to live ready. Knowing that you could come back at any time and so on a personal level, help us to be ready. Knowing in our hearts beyond a shadow of a doubt that we believe in you. We've been baptized. We're part of a church. We're serving you. We're doing your work. And then because you also called us to serve you and serve others beyond that, that we know what you've called us to do, and we're serving you, doing our job as a faithful and wise servant until the day you return. Help this to be true of us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Hey, if you're ready to make a decision for Jesus, You want someone to help you, there'll be people here who would be honored to help you. You can bypass them and go directly to the altar and pray and ask for God's help. You can let us know of your decision on a connection card. But specifically, if you're ready to follow Jesus, man, we want to help you with that. If you want to be baptized, we've already got a couple of baptisms scheduled for next week. We want to help you with that. If you're ready to join the church, we would welcome you to be part of the ABC family. And if you just want prayer... Man, we believe in prayer with all of our heart. We will pray for you. So if God leads, you come. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. You can find out more about our church at abcaz.net. And you can find Pastor Jack's sermons on most podcast apps. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.